Episode of Not Your Average Operator with me, Paul Mellon McFadden. Oh, always a pleasure. We love you guys uh, stopping by and spending a bit of time with us. How are you going uh, this fine day, Mike? Ah, this fine day. Uh, <laughs> I'm tired, dude. <laughs> I had a full day. Uh, I'm. I just literally finished eating dinner. It's it's ten seventeen at night, but uh, I've been cooking some new things. I made this new chicken stuffed chicken Parmesan and uh, urban garlic butter rice. So that was pretty good after a two and a half hour workout. And uh, I took, I took Raph's advice, you know, for the old body people. And uh, I did, I did like a two mile run. I was in the gym for about an hour and a half. And then I hit the pool for about 45 minutes, went in the sauna, hit the sauna for 10 minutes got out and then there's a shower there and just turned it on full ice cold man and just stood under there for about three minutes and just ah there's parts of me tingling right now just thinking about it it and that's legit that's a serious that's a serious workout yeah and and there's people right across australia cheering at the thought of someone having a chicken palmy as we call them yeah (laughs) which always has to have the grilled cheese and uh Ideally, like a bolognese or Napolitana sauce underneath. Mm. That's that's how you measure a pub in Australia. You're going to get it. You get yourself chicken parmi and a pint of beer, and then you, by the time you're done, you know everything you need to know. You know what's unheard of <laughs> is a chicken parmesan sandwich. When I say that, people look at me like I got something growing out of my forehead. I'm like, dude, you go to a place in like Western Pennsylvania, you get a chicken parm sandwich, and it's amazing. Yeah, right. right, right. And people are like, what? I've never heard of this. It's like, yeah, dude, it's delicious buttery garlic bread with chicken parm on it and everything else. I'm like, it's amazing. Like, what are you doing? No, that no. sounds like a reason. That sounds like a reason to visit Steel City right there. So I'm saying, you know, and you get some Steel City beer too while you're at it. There you go. Delicious. Raph, how you doing, man? I'm good. Uh, man, I I feel like we haven't spoken in a while, but it's not even true, is it? It's probably been but i just feel like so much has happened since then nothing significant but just time's just flying i don't know why i just feel like this last time we spoke i just i've been non-stop like but I, like yeah. I think i think part of that is the fact of what's happening in, in ukraine i reckon it world world history is happening and it makes it's like the start of the coronavirus pandemic like that first month felt like it went for like a year and I reckon time is going slow at the moment because like there's a lot happening. And when you're still working and you're trying to track what's happening, your family going on, like I've had that same feeling. It feels like ages since we spoke. Yeah, it, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, but I feel like there's so much has been going on. And yeah, it just feels like forever. But I know it's probably just, uh, it's just been a week. But I, I'm good, man. Um, weather's been amazing out here. It finally just decided to stop snowing. <laughs> just kind of nice um just i'm kind of over it i mean we had some really good uh episodes up on the mountain mountain spokane snowboarding and my one of my nieces skis so it was just kind of fun being around all of them and just you know hitting the snow and hitting the slopes a couple times but yeah i'm just dude i'm ready for some sunshine i'm ready to get that base coat back on well on the east coast because it was 80 degrees here yesterday and and it was 75 today and sunny so 
I don't know if you can see this glow coming off my skin. I don't know if you can see that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you're you're pretty pasty. I think por is porcelain the appropriate term? I don't even know. Like, what's, what's what? Which one is not considered a compliment? Because that's the one I'm I'm paying you right now. Well, I think there's uh, I think there's Raf's complexion. I think there's tan. I think there's Italian. I think there's Caucasian, slightly pale, and then there's melon at the bottom. So I, <laughs> I think that's how we measure white around yeah. here. Yeah, you can see the veins on the inside of the wrist <laughs> from like 15 meters. <laughs> Yeah, and how, how's everything going with work and that rough? You know, I know you're in uh, uh, in the middle. You're ball deep in the conversion and uh, getting on the line. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, I've got a ton of flights coming up. Um, some really cool traveling, doing some flying to California, doing some Denver stops. Uh, I got an overnight in Hawaii, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, so I'll be there for a full day on the ground. Uh, so I'll be able to catch up with some friends from my Hawaii days and then uh, get to fly up into Alaska as well. So I'm pretty stoked about that. That's some really, really, it's some of the most challenging flights um, for any airliner, but it's, like everyone says, you know, flying up in the state of Alaska is absolutely just, it's stunning because you get to, because you, because you literally get to fly the plane into these approaches. I mean, they're not your standard ILSs. I mean, they're all I'm getting into aviation geek talk, but it's RMP, which is very specific points over the ground that you have to be at at specific altitudes. And, and it's, and it's kind of neat, you know, like, like most airports, if you ever notice, kind of do these block uh, approach type, at least what the air, aircraft is doing, you're just turning and turning and turning, and then you're straight and landing. With these things, you're navigating around mountains to try to like basically dog leg into an airport. So it's kind of cool knowing that you're flying, you know, a pretty fast airline jet into something like that it's it's kind of neat mate like as a as a pilot there's got to be a, a bucket list for people when you, you're talking about two of the massive destinations there of being able to fly trans-pacific and into hawaii and then north in winter into alaska i mean that that's unreal man i'm super envious <laughs> in a good way yeah not, not bad envy but i'm like that that's awesome i'd love to be doing that We've um we've been super busy. We we had our last uh like operational flights here in Riyadh, so all the aircraft landed, and I've been doing um some forward visits to make sure that the new base is ready. And uh, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, and we we've got a, a vacation to Australia coming up, like at the start of April. I'm gonna go see Mum and McFadden, my bro my brothers and my sister, and over to Adelaide. In the second half of the month and see cherry's family and we're just super i'm super excited about saying everybody has so, has australia completely opened up mate they have i have apparently like western australia was the holdout <laughs> it was like they wanted to you know dig a trench down the middle of the country and sail off <laughs> into the indian ocean for a long time but they opened the other day they were like closed for 700 and something days so it's pretty extraordinary but the the you know the restrictions continue to ease even here. You don't need a, a PCR test to come back anymore. I don't know whether the airline will still have it and stuff, but it just let's get on with it, everybody. Let's put this stuff in the revision where there's other big things to worry about. This one's done. Agreed. Uh, so, anyways, Raph, what's the uh, topic for the way for the week? Oh my Tell god, us. I can't even talk. Sorry, man. I, I I'm I'm <laughs> drinking this cherry bubbly sparkling water, and it's just. It's, it's not even beard. It's just messing with me. But 
It's really good. So sorry about my speech. I sound like an idiot. It's not alcoholic. Nope. There's not a drop in there. Nope. Zero, zero Listen, calories, it's, zero masculine anything. So <laughs> it's not the, it's not the cherry sparkly water. It's just, you're just always fucking it away. It's nothing, <laughs> it's nothing unusual. But well, anyways, you're asking about the topic. Um, so we had discussed and we thought that it would be good to talk about the consequence of uh, being authentic versus not being authentic um, in, in anything, right? And uh, what I mean by that is, I think the best way I can explain it is, you know, in my personal life, whenever I wasn't being authentic, meaning specifically in like a relationship with, uh, with a girlfriend, shoot, even in my marriage, you know, whenever I whenever I say something, you know, like whenever you're having like a difficult discussion, because clearly we always have difficult discussions, not every day, but we do have them. It's common life, right? It's, it's a common place for, for us in our lives. And sometimes we think by just being nice, by not say, by not being honest with how we truly feel, like we almost want to carry the burden of not being our authentic self. And instead you kind of bend to maybe say something, to do something that that other person wants to hear or you think they want to hear. That means that that eventually forces you to be unauthentic. And then there's a consequence for that. Um, again, I'm kind of alluding to uh, a girlfriend. I'll, I'll leave the details out, but it's a girl that I dated for quite some time. And towards the end of our relationship, I knew before, even, before we even got close to the breakup, I knew that she wasn't going to be the one. Yet I also knew that if I broke up with her, I was really going to hurt her because I could tell that she was more to me than I wasn't to her. I mean, I was totally into her, but things had changed. And I looked at, I knew that a future with her was not going to be possible because I didn't want my, like fundamentally, I didn't align with her, but I dragged this thing on for, man, for a while. And I thought that was kind of in my head. I thought, well, I'm just, every time we had these discussions about like, where's this going? I, I'm not going to say I lied, but I, I would try to frame it in a way that it didn't sound like I, like I was planning on moving on or that I kind of was over the relationship. And the truth is, once I got older, like I remember thinking, I just randomly, I just remember she popped into my head, it was years ago, and I felt this sickening feeling in my stomach, like, I think I kind of ruined that period of time of her life because I was being so selfish and I thought I was doing her a favor by kind of saying these nice things when I really genuinely just wanted to move on, right? I should have just cut the string and just been like, look, this isn't going to work out. But instead, I, I just drugged it on. And, and so by not being authentic, I ended up kind of hurting her more than I ended up. Like, I mean, would have, I mean, would she have been upset as soon as I told her, like, yep, we're going to break up? Of course she is. You know, I mean, I, I've been upset. I've been at the other end of that and it feels terrible. But at the same time, you almost... I think it's the coward's way of just not being authentic. And this is something I struggle with every day. I try to be as honest with myself um, as well as with those around me. Now there's, listen, I'm not saying that there isn't a science and an art to be able to deliver something in a way where, where it's palatable for people. Cause I, I think that's definitely an art, you know, there's things that you might like, especially if you're in a leadership position at work or you're a manager and you, you got to deliver some, so not bad news, but just maybe not something that's popular, right? Like, hey, we got to work two extra hours a day. Well, how do you deliver it? I mean, there's, there's a couple of ways that, to deliver that. It's the one is like, hey, you're just going to do it. And you're not going to bitch by You're going to put a smile and you're going you're gonna to move forward. Listen, that probably works about 1% of the time in the military. You really want people to buy off on what it is that you're trying to sell, even if you, hopefully, uh, if you believe in it, because um, you're not going to be able to sell if you don't believe in it. 
But again, that's the consequence of not being authentic. And, I, and that's just one small anecdotal story. I've got thousands throughout my life where I, where I knew that when I was having this discussion with whoever the person was professionally, personally, you know, it, the consequence was ultimately paid. Maybe not on that moment because I was trying to like, you know, sugarcoat something and not really being honest with them or myself. And then like, it's still, the, listen, it's still going to suck, whether it's going to be today or a year from now. And I, and I still, it bothers me. I still think about it. And I just think, damn, I probably ruined the last, because, you know, I kind of, I kind of strung her along for about six or seven months and uh, probably longer. And I just think to myself, I could have, I could have given her that chance to just like, you know, whatever, deal with it. Okay, great. We're broken up. And she, probably could have met somebody else you probably could have like uh i don't know just done something positive in that moment and, and i'm telling you to this day i think about it and i just think what a turd what an absolute terrible way to do it and it's all because i was afraid of hurting her although ultimately i think you're going to do more damage by not being authentic Ref, how yeah, would you, i mean that's that's some pretty legit examples you given there man um how do you define the authenticity because I've seen, or you know, I've seen, yeah, I've seen people that, sort of, sort of use this as an excuse to be an asshole sometimes. You know, I'm just like, I'm just being my authentic self, or I'm just, just got to be, you know, my best, my best me, and then just be turds. You know, like just lay something in a space and make another person really feel bad. I've seen that as well. So how, yeah, how does it no, occur that, to you? Good. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a great question. And because I also thought about, hey, what's the, what's the inverse of this, is, right? Like, what's, what, how it has it been when I've been authentic and how, how I knew I was genuinely being authentic? Yeah. And the answer is pretty straightforward with me. Usually the person that I'm having a, the, the dialogue or the conversation or that moment with is, is genuinely, like, happy. And not only that, but I can tell that the transaction is like genuinely felt at multiple levels, right? And at the same time, I'm happy. Like I'm no shit happy that I've made that decision, that I've discussed whatever it is, that we're in that state that we're in. And it's it's like a mutual thing. So if you're both, it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like saying um there was a I'm kind of segue here, but I remember there was a merger with an airline. And uh, the, these two airlines that came together, you know, both pilot groups were just pissed off because they were stealing each other's seniority numbers, blah, blah, blah. And somebody made a comment like, well, if both groups are pissed, then that means you're probably doing it right, right? Because now you're not favoring the one side over the other. So I would say that the way you would know if you're, off, you're being your authentic self is, you know, if you're trying to, um, whatever the issues, if you're trying to like, you know, going back to a relationship, like if you know that you're, that you genuinely care for this person, but you just know it's not going to work out. I think honesty is the best answer. And even though they're, they're going to maybe not hear the words because maybe, you know, you don't have a way with words or whatever it is, but try your best. But at the end of that conversation, you should feel relieved. Like you should have a real sense of like, like there's nothing more to give. There's nothing more to like push on. There's nothing more to discuss. Like I've, I've said my piece and it really is. It's a relaxed it's almost like a relaxed state of being like, there's just nothing to prove. I've, I'm, I've said everything. I've done everything. I've, this is, this is, this is what I want. This is genuinely what I want. I mean, it's, it's very specific. Like there's no cloud. There's no like, ah, I'm not really sure. Listen, when I've been authentic, I knew exactly, like I knew exactly 
I did what I wanted to do and I said what I wanted to say. And the other person on the receiving end of my communication or the one, I shouldn't say receiving, but the person I'm speaking to, I can tell that they're also in that, like they know that like, hey, there's, I didn't mince words, right? Like this is, this is how he feels and this is in the direction that we're going and this is how this dialogue is going. I mean, it's just, it's, um, yeah. I, it, I can honestly, like, again, I, I can't emphasize this enough. There's no cloud. There's no murkiness. It's very like you will fucking know. Like you will know. You know, <clears throat> I, I'd just like to say on the backside of that, um, I was on the receiving end of that, which you guys know, there wasn't any clarity and it was just the unknown and got dragged along for a long time. And, uh, you know, two years later, I, I still feel things where I'm questioning uh, getting getting close to somebody again because I like there's just this part of me now that's just like, man, are you lying to me? Are you just setting me up? Are you being yourself? Are you being genuine? Like my, my head and my heart just keeps talking that way now because someone did that to me. You know, they, 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 I don't know how long, like there was nothing. I mean, you guys know the whole story, but I was giving no reasons and I was just dumped like a, like a, like a, a reject and just disappeared and ghosted, you know, the old good word, I got ghosted. And when you don't have answers and you don't have anything along with that, because it would have just been so much better whenever she knew that, Hey, this is over. I wish you just would have told me, yeah, I would have been pretty, pretty devastated still, but nowhere near of what I've been through for, for two years, you know, and trying to process things that could have just been a lot better. And also too, if you're really going to do something that big, like don't send it in a freaking text message like tell the person to their face I, I, I that's just a respect thing but at the same time you know the last thing i'll say about it, it it's kind of like you expect people to do the right thing sometimes like you just be a good genuine person like you're saying be authentic uh, you can do that but you can't expect other people to do it right back to you even though you know it's the right thing to do you know it's like i didn't eat the lion so why am i so pissed that the lion still wants to eat me you know, like you have no control over that. So um, I feel and exactly other people and um, other people owe you nothing, right? Like there's, it's not like other people are on their own journey. Like I think that there's a prerequisite for the authenticity that Raph's talking about and you are as well, Mike, where you can't have any deception. Like it ha you have to be in a state of honesty and full integrity to be able to be authentic. Authenticity is on the other side of that. So if there's any lying or deception in the relationship you're having with this other person, there's no way to be authentic because otherwise you're just faking it on top of some bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, no, 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 I'm really sharing myself with you now. But if there's some lie in the background, that's always going to ankle tap it, right? Mm -hmm. So, and like, I really think it's like an individual thing. It's, it's for you it's it's up to you yourself and you're going to have to get whatever whatever deception or um lies in is in the space has to be owned and cleared up before you can then get to this state that raf's talking about and it's not on the other person it's always on yourself and they might they may ne never get into that state with you yeah and that's easier and said than done i i, I i'm just yeah. going to put that out there that's it's two years yeah. of me trying to trying to get there. So it, it takes time. But go ahead, ref. 
Yeah, I was going to say another, and we don't have to look very far. If you want to look for real exam, this is for all the listeners too. If you really want to look at, you know, if you're like wondering like, well, when am I most authentic? Think about the people that, that you're closest to, right? And I don't, whether it's your, your spouse, whether it's your best friend or whoever, and think about every time you're in the room with these people or you're on the phone, do you ever like, kind of like what Melon alluded to, are you ever, you know, re-wrapping the way you things, the, the way you're saying things? Are you trying to like, ang- like just angle a certain way? No, you're not. You, you're literally just, because you've accepted each other a thousand percent, like you two guys, I don't have to wrap anything. I don't have to, I could literally call you and I get, I could be as brutally honest as possible and, and you with me. And that's, that's how, you know, like, if you're wondering like, well, what do I know? It's an authentic moment when you're not disguising a damn thing. And if you think about the people that you're closest to, um, yeah, like it, it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't take that much. Just think about the people that, that you're closest to and you realize like, oh yeah, that's when I'm most authentic. That's what authenticity is, right? That's when like literally not a single shred of, of doubt and you are manifesting your true self. And that's a powerful thing. Reasons that work, it changes the physiology. If you really believe in whatever it is that you're, that you, that you're doing, um, you know, whether you're a special ops community, whether you're an aviator, whatever it is, you, you know, whatever your craft is, if you genuinely believe in it, and there's authenticity in that genuine, like, excitement of being in, like, like, you know, you've arrived. This is where you belong. Dude, everybody notices. Tr- like, trust me, it, it might be in subtle ways, but you might wear the uniform extra sharp. You might make sure that, like, the little, th- like, just a little, what some people would consider minutiae, um, you know, that's the stuff that you, you spend some time on where most people are like, ah, I don't waste my time with that, you know? Melon can relate and aviation. There's a, there's a ton of, like there's endless list of material that you need to read and go over and things are slightly changing here and there with regulations. And listen, it's like literally reading, you know, something for lawyers and it's frustrating, but I do it because I genuinely love aviation, you know, and I just, I want to be a, a good aviation professional, like hopefully great one day. But the point is I'm, I genuinely like when I think about flying as a whole, like I, I feel fortunate. I really do. And that encourages me and that gives me the motivation to just kind of go do the things that I don't want to do. Right. But my physiology hasn't changed. Yeah, sure. Picking up a book and reading about regulations, that's boring as hell, but it's about aviation. And that's when I know that I'm authentic. I, that's when I know I'm being completely honest. I'm like, actually like, yeah, this sucks, but I'm motivated to learn this thing because hopefully it makes me a better pilot. It makes me a better crew member. It makes me a better you know, uh, ambassador to aviation or whatever you want to call it. <clears throat> Raph, one, one thing I, I really struggle with, and I, I agree with everything you're saying, and it feels so good when you are able to be authentic. The one thing I struggled with for a long time was actually with my ex-father-in-law. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, I know you met him before. And he's, he's a real saint. You know, he's a good dude. Um, <laughs> he, um, for, for a long time, you know, there's like that common respect. So whether it's a person in your life in a relationship or a friend or family or whatever, you have like a common respect of them. It's like, ah, well, you know, it's my father-in-law. So like, I'm going to respect him because it's my, it's my spouse's father. Like, I'm not going to say certain things. Um, and it would get to the point, man. I mean, Raph, I mean, you, you, you saw it firsthand multiple times where, you know, I would get home from three or four weeks of training and I'm on the road and I'm just working 13 hour days. I'm exhausted. And I come home to a well taken care of house 
everything's paid for comfortable. Like there's nothing crazy going on. And he's literally in the other room, just like emasculating me and like telling people that I'm lazy and that I don't do anything for, for, for my family, you know, like to you, Raph, to other, my other best friends and stuff. And they're like, dude, your, your father-in-law is in there ripping you. And it's just like, it was during a party or an event or a holiday, you know? So like the first thing I wanted to do is just go in there and like give the guy the finger and just call him the biggest, every name in the book. But then in my mind, I'm like, no, I can't do that because then I'm going to upset everybody and ruin everything. So I'm just going to take it and I'm going to hold it because, you know, ah, whatever, it's just words. Well, after a long time, I knew I wasn't being authentic. And then it was like I was putting on a mask. And I know I referenced mm -hmm. that before. And I was living behind a mask because I wasn't speaking my mind. I wasn't calling out what should have been said or standing up for myself, really. And uh, I just felt like everything started tightening in around me. And then I was questioning everything. Well, I can't say that because then this person's going to do this. And well, I can't say that because then they'll, they'll say this. And, you know, will I look like a bad guy? Well, I look like the asshole, you know, and dude, I mean, it messed with me for a long time until one fourth of July, it blew up and I let the dude have it. Not physically. I, I wouldn't hit him. You know, I'm better than that, but, uh, verbally, oh man, I, I sent it. <laughs> so, uh, that, that's what I struggle with for man. And I, I have conversations about people that hold stuff in and they do the wrong thing. And I always tell them like, be very careful because it, especially if those are emotionally charged, uh, emotions like feelings and you lock those away, they're going to come back. Like, it's like you're locking them up in a tiny little box in a cage and you storm away wherever they go. And if you get enough of them in there, I talked about the sponge all that stuff will just come back when you're least expecting it in a fight, in a breakdown, uh, whatever. And that could be very dangerous. Uh, I, I know as, as Raph says, ask me how I know. Go ahead, Raph. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to kind of comment on, on that real quick and I'm going to play Dr. Aaron for a second. And I'm really just saying this out loud for my own benefit because it's something I, I need to like practice in my head all the time. But think about what difference that would have made if you had spoken to him, if you were authentic with him in the beginning, the minute started saying like bad mouth and you saying all these like things, imagine just pulled him to the side and said, Hey, look, I really don't, I really don't like you because of ABC. Like, I would never harm you. I would never disrespect you. But just so you know, you know, you're always welcome to my home, but the way you, the things that you say are offensive to me. And I don't know what I've done to, to earn those, maybe I've done something to defend you. And if I have, man, I am, I am absolutely sorry. Think about how different, like, I actually think he would have come around. I, I, I honestly do because I don't, I don't want to go on that segue about him. I, I, I don't know him that well. I, I just, I'm just saying that's a, what I'm trying to really highlight here is the effectiveness of, you know, you can still, cause Malin, you kind of alluded like, well, you know, some people are assholes. That's true, but you don't have to be, right? If you're not really an asshole, then you don't have to be to be authentic. You can, um, you can still be yourself, but you could still deliver. Here's the thing. Nobody likes to give bad news. It's like an old boss of mine. I actually didn't like him, but he would always say, you always got to put the ugly baby on the table so we can all look at it. And that, you just have to, like, just, it's inevitable, right? Like, you, we have to look at it. We have to discuss it. We have to, like, figure some out before we move forward, because like you said, you're the sponge that keeps absorbing and absorbing and eventually you're just going to, you're going to blow off and you're probably going to more likely it's not going to go in the way that in the manner that you wish it had. Right. 
Yeah, my point is Melon. that there's there's a gap between being an asshole and being authentic. And uh, like for me, I think the area I know that there's an inauthenticity when I feel like I can't be myself. I can't be a certain way. That there's a way of being I have to put on. Like I know Mike talks about the mask. That's definitely the case. I know that in if there's a relationship I've got where I've there's an inauthenticity. I don't have full self-expression. I have a feeling of being fake or a feeling of being stifled and a feeling that like how I really am is not actually okay in this situation or with this person. And I actually 100% agree with you, Raf, that a, a straight conversation to resolve that is always the best way. And when I'm saying the contrast of being an asshole, like you don't have to be an asshole to be authentic. You can still be kind in the conversation. Like you don't have to be like, you know what, to some girlfriend, the thing is you're too ugly and blah, 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 blah. That doesn't have to come into it. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to be like, I've got to lay some home truths on you. No, you can just be like, this this relationship's not working for me for these reasons. And you can just be really straight and you can be really kind to that other person inside that straightness. That's my point about you don't have to be an asshole at the same time. And on the other side of putting the ugly baby on the table, which I think is my new favorite phrase in English language, by the way, <laughs> you've got you've got a restoration of normally there's a, a, a like you feel like you're being yourself. You feel like you've cleared the air of something that you've been carrying and that has been, you know, you've been feeling bad about yourself and bad about the situation. And on the other side of it, you've got this new connection again. And it might be that you're, you know, a relationship is not going to continue the way it was, but now the other person's fully in the picture. You're fully, you've, you've said what you've needed to say. And then you can have like a friendship might be something that really continues after that. For me, I had uh, like a, a previous relationship, one of my previous girlfriends, Kate, and we sort of thought like we were going to get back together again and that did not work. And you know, like I think there was an element of stringing her along in there and the way that the relationship ended was really not good for her. Like it was, it was very hurtful and I hadn't been straight with her and, and cleared the air and I had to go back and clear the air with her. And it wasn't to, to be like, oh, now we're going to have this relationship and, you know, we're going to have like an intimacy or romance in our future. It wasn't that at all. But owning that um, breakdown and being myself then led to us having a really great friendship. And, you know, our kids are friends and I'm really close with her husband and she's really close with Cherry. So like on the other side of these conversations, that can be really tough. You, you, you can go from feeling stifled and, and unable to express yourself and you can have like the presence of love in a totally appropriate way for however that relationship is and that other person is fully in the picture and you've taken responsibility for stuff and cleared things up. And then you can sort of move forward and you, you feel like I know you feel great about yourself when you've been authentic in the way that Raph has described it at the top. You know, you, you haven't been an asshole. The thing has been discussed. You've, you've clarified it and you've brought your true self to something. But nearly always, I, I feel like there has to be like an owning of something like, because you haven't brought it up until that point. 
there's been some way where you've allowed like a small lie or something has happened and you've allowed it to go for a period or else you wouldn't have been inauthentic. And that's the bit that's difficult. There's a little bit of hall of mirrors where you sort of got to eat your Wheaties and be like, no, nah, I have let this thing go and I've got to own that. And, you know, it's on me and I can let the other person know in a way that's kind and then I can move forward, you know, and they might, like I had, I had the old conversation with another one of my ex-girlfriends. <laughs> it sounds like there's a long list of them, but anyway, the, the one where I was like, you know, just was again, clearing up, clearing up a thing in the past. And it was like, thanks very much. And she just hung up on me. And it's like, you know what? It's not, there's no obligation on the other person to, to be like, well, you're a great, you're a great human being and I want to have you in my life. And no, but you can still clear up the inauthenticity and the area where there was a breakdown or whatever. And then there's no obligation on the other person, which is the hard part. But after that, you're like, well, there's no burden. There's no skeleton in my closet in that area that can jump out at me and ruin things in the future. And, you know, there's not like a ticking time bomb or, there's not something about myself where I'm like, actually, you know, underneath this, there's an area where I'm a piece of shit that I'm carrying. So I'll admit something. And uh, it was kind of top secret a little bit. But uh, I talked to Cheza privately. I didn't tell you guys, but uh, I kind of arrived at this and I was like, I'm ready to be authentic, you know, about uh, a, a relationship that I used to have and uh, I tried reaching out because I wanted to make peace and I wanted to be authentic. And uh, Melon always shares, you know, when he was authentic, that he was like, you know, hey, man, there's no guarantee, but it frees you of that weight. And believe me, I've been feeling and carrying a weight for a long time and I'm, I'm, it's exhausting. I'm very tired of it and I just want it gone. So I was, I talked to Cheza and I was like, Hey, you think this is a good idea? What should I do? And she gave me great advice. And it was kind of the same stuff that Melon's talking about, about just being authentic. And regardless of what the outcome is, you kind of like free yourself and you're able to just let it, let it all out. And I attempted to do that. I attempted to reach out and uh, I just wanted to have a basic conversation. And uh, honestly, I wanted to just wish her well and, um, she's getting married to the dude that she chose over me. Uh, okay. Good luck to you. I, I, we were friends once and, um, I, I wanted more than that. And that was pretty special to me. So after everything and kind of process, like, I just want to be authentic and like, know that, like, I want you to be happy and, and, and move on, you know, and, uh, just see what happens. And ultimately, kind of what Melon's second example was, I didn't get a response. I got blocked. I, I didn't get nothing back, but it felt damn good to just be like, I know I was ready to be myself and be authentic and be prepared to say this now. Uh, Cause I put a lot of work in. So uh, there you go. I didn't tell you guys that nobody really knew that except Cheza, but uh, yeah, there it is. No, that's big to share, man. And I, I really appreciate it. And I'm sure that will like hearing real, real stories is like a thousand times better than hearing people talk about 
uh, you know, an idea when you're like, no, this is really what happened. So thanks for sharing that. My thing is in there, there's no obligation on the other person. And when you're having these conversations, it's, it can never be in order to like those three words. It can't be like, I'll share this. And, and that's in order to have something occur. It has to just be for its own. Uh, it, it can only be because it's for its own reason. You know what I mean? Like you're doing it to clear the air and to restore authenticity. Mm-hmm. And the outcome may not be a relationship, but you'll know that you've had that conversation and it has been like you've restored authenticity when there's no longer a charge in the space. There's not like a sense of electricity or whatever in between when you're thinking about that other person. Like if that's gone, then you've been authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's no obligation on them, but you've said what you needed to say. And then like, you may never hear from them again. And that's the case for me in that second one. Right. You know, but I like, I know I took responsibility and then how things played out, how they played out. Right. There's not a skeleton waiting to jump out. So I've been at the business end, somebody being authentic with me at work. Uh, This is, years ago this is when i was you know flying blackhawks in the army there was a, a guy that we all called Shamwell, and uh because he was like the ultimate shammer i mean this dude had his skates on and he just skated uh through the unit everyone like was like it's kind of weird because everybody was nice to him but behind his back everybody literally just made fun of how how little he did for the unit and unfortunately for me he was also made test pilot which means he should have been my partner in crime in, in terms of like running maintenance and like running this whole operation which is Anyone who's done anything with aviation knows that's that's a full time job in itself. So having any sort of extra help is, I mean, it's it's tremendous. So, unluckily for me, I, I got this dude that we all call Shamwell. Um, he was just terrible. And what, I'll never forget this. One day we're sitting in the Blackhawk, we're doing some ground run ups before we're about to go flying. Uh, I think we're like smoothing a rotor system or something. And he he looks over at me and he's like, "Hey man, I, I kind of want to have a conversation with you." And I was like, "Yeah, sure, go ahead." And I mean, listen, I will say this. He knew I didn't like him. Like, that's the one thing about me. Like, if, if I'm quiet around you, because I'm kind of normally like a boisterous, loud, I think I'm a comedian, so I'm trying to make fun of everybody, the people that I like, at least. Um, and with him, I barely acknowledged his existence in the room. And so he, he felt my coldness, and he's like, hey, man, I feel like you don't like me. <laughs> that's how he started off. And I, I looked and I waited for him to tell me his, his two cents. And I said, no, I was like, I don't not like you. I hate you. I was like, I hate that you showed up here. I was like, you're taking a position that I, that I could really use. Like I, I could really use somebody who came here willing to work because we had just come back from Iraq. No, no, I'm sorry. We were getting ready to go to Iraq. So the op tempo was ridiculous. I mean, we had all these like, you know, training events coming up. And so we had any aircraft had just come from Iraq. So they were a mess. So we were getting ready to go back to Iraq. And so we needed all hands on deck. And this dude was literally like, and I'm not exaggerating when I say at least three to four times a week, this dude had an appointment for something, for something, something medical, something administrative, like for he's, I mean, literally he would show up every morning and be like, Hey man, I'm only going to be useful between like eight and like 11 o'clock AM. And then I got to go take my wife, you know, to the grocery stores, just something crazy. And I, and so he, he gave me his piece. I, I listened to him and I said, Nope, I don't not like you. I actually hate 
that you that you exist and i hate that you're here taking this coveted position because i could really use a real maintenance test pilot to help me kind of carry the load anyways it didn't go the way he he planned it but here's here's the beauty of it we avoided each other after that like he knew where i stood right unless he changed his demeanor his and trust me he never did like that dude literally did no work he did the bare minimum so um it got to the point where the commander was actually trying to get rid of him but the point is that you know by being authentic he was being authentic like hey man i feel like you don't like me and i said no i really don't like you listen we cleared the air up he knew where i stood and he but here's the thing he knew exactly why i didn't like him i didn't like him because he was some ball dude i mean it had nothing to do with i i didn't like him because of his work ethic it didn't exist and he was taking a position that needed somebody who was motivated who was willing to help um but anyway so i've been at the business end of those authentic conversations and listen kind of and i'm just saying this because i want to paint what melon just said which is you should say it expecting nothing because I, I think he was expecting to like you know calm the waters and we'd be bros and we we're gonna high five and i was gonna let him skid off into the sunset but i was like no man I, I still hate that you're here taking up a position and until you go to work and really help carry the load i'm always going to feel this way nothing's ever going to change um and i and i and i you know i said so i just i suggest unless you're going to be part of the team just steer clear and he did i mean he just kind of you know did what he did best he kept skating so i mean these conversations may be exactly how you described it there raf where you're calling someone else on their bullshit and you're now speaking about the thing that you haven't spoken about and you're putting honesty back into a space like after that was there any charge between you two guys like um there, there was well there was one moment in iraq actually um and it's only because again this guy was just extremely lazy and he yeah, not, not to get into too many details, but he basically signed off a general test flight. Basically, an aircraft that goes into full maintenance, they, they, they swing the engines out, the rotor blades come up. I mean, it's completely gutted. And, and it's pretty extraordinary to watch. They do this in about two weeks to four weeks, and then they put it all together. Well, then the test pilot has to go up and make sure it's all the systems are performing, the engines have the rated power they're supposed to. Because listen, next flight after that, it's going to have trigger pullers back, right? Going into a mission, landing in front of somebody's house, going on a mission. So these general, full general test flights are kind of a serious thing. And they generally take about five hours of like continuous, you know, monitoring and you're just checking different systems and it's a power flight. Well, he signed it off. There's like eight things that were damn near impossible to pass if you didn't check them. And he had signed them off like he checked them. And the very next flight, you know, the, the crew was getting ready to go on and the windshield wipers were off and all these things about the aircraft were off. And, I, and they're like, hey, and at the time I was a main, I was a senior test pilot. So like, hey, what's going on? This just came out for maintenance and it's signed off, which means, you know, one of you guys should have flown it. So then, you know, we do the, we do the investigation. It turns out it was him. And he basically we just cornered him and said, hey, man, you signed all these things off. But clearly these eight things that I just these discrepancies could not have been signed if you didn't test them um because you would have found these discrepancies like but instead a crew found it like a normal crew and of course he he's like no nah, man i checked him and he was, clearly he was lying and that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back and that's when the command started turning like that which kind of annoyed me because i was like look i saw this from day one and it took the unit like almost two years to be like oh yeah he's a turd like yeah he's been a turd <laughs> he's been a turd since day one and that was the only time i had a charged conversation with him i said you know 
I was like, you might think this whole thing is a joke, but if like, you know, if these guys had to pull, you know, full power on something, they didn't have it. And it caused, you know, the rotors to droop and cause them to crash. I was like, I would literally come across the table and choke you. Like I would literally end you. And I, cause I, I take personal, right? Like maintenance was a personal thing for me. I never wanted anybody to get hurt because of some shoddy maintenance that I supervised or that I, that I had signed off. And it was, I couldn't believe there's this guy in the same position. who was just so flagrant about like, ah, oh, well, you know, he's just kind of whipping things. I mean, that's not, that wasn't the, especially in Iraq. I mean, that's not the place to just, to, to be, to be a shamans. Like, like that's the time you, you know, if you don't do something, if you need help, you ask for help. Like that's, that's the place. I mean, that, I think you've just given probably the most easily understood example of the other person where there's an inauthenticity in the space because the integrity that has to exist to release an aircraft for any flight ops, let alone combat flight ops, where those people need to rely on every system in that aircraft running at 100%. I think everyone can understand that. And someone who's inauthentic in their day-to-day is not going to change suddenly when they're under pressure in a situation like that where people need them to perform. And having had that conversation beforehand, I think you've probably set yourself up in the best possible way to be able to pick what the default is on one of those critical occasions. And you've already you already said your piece. That other person already knows that you know and you're vigilant and looking out for it. And so you've got you know, a level of authenticity and integrity in your relationship with the rest of the people in the unit and the people who are relying on you 100%. So like, this is this is a, a perfect example. I had one just the other day, had an aircraft come out of maintenance that had had a, an issue and the guy was actually in quarantine, the guy who'd snagged it. And so he wasn't there able to fly the aircraft and he's the perfect guy to fly it again after it's been checked to see exactly what happened and no one else is around. And so, of course, I took it because I knew the backstory. This guy wasn't available. And you know what I mean? Like you have to have, you have to have integrity and you have to own this stuff and you've got to be in these situations. And eventually the chickens are going to come home to roost and you might end up with an angry Mexican-American coming across a table with choking hands for your throat. And, and that would be entirely appropriate. I think that'd be you bringing your best self <laughs> To the to the situation, and someone else gets a little bit a little slice of authentic slowpoke Espinosa when he's roused is a fearsome individual. <laughs> well, to be completely honest, after that incident, you know, obviously news travels fast. Um, people were openly saying, "Hey, if his name is ever, if his name is you know on a maintenance book, meaning that he had signed it off," people were like, "I'm not flying." Like they literally told the commander, "Like I'm not flying that aircraft." I just this is the- because he had he had just pencil whipped all these things were like this is the cost right like the cost of you know bullshitting and and letting things slide and taking the easy way out it it, like the chickens come home to roost and your your name is done you know like when your integrity is out and you've been inauthentic and you haven't done the stuff that you said you do and other people are relying on you eventually eventually you're done and there's the only thing you have in aviation is your name, like that's your currency. And if if people don't trust you, there's nowhere else to go. Like if you don't trust the person with a hand on the controls, if you're in an SF team and you don't trust the guy with a hand on the shoulder as you're breaching the door, then there's there's no there's nowhere else to go. And that person will be removed from that situation. And 
good. You know, yeah, good. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, good. So there's like a fine line. I think we are sort of trying to let people know with some examples in personal life, work and friendship that there's a fine line in these conversations where being authentic is not being an asshole, but you you bring it, you're owning an area where there's something has been sitting there that hasn't been discussed. There's some gap or breakdown in honesty or integrity. And when you own that and restore it, you've gone from feeling like there's a loss of full self-expression or some element of wearing a mask or being fake or feeling stifled or like there's some way of being that you can't be. And after you've got the full honesty and integrity in place, you can do it. You can be kind in that conversation or you can be super straight because this other person's risking other people's lives like Raf's example. But you've put the ugly baby on the table, which is my favorite sentence in English now. There's no obligation on the other person. The outcome may not be a relationship, but there's no charge between you anymore. anymore. And the other person will know 100% how you are. You're never going to have to be fake with them again. Raf's never going to have to like sit in a chow hall and look, look someone in the eye and pretend like oh, that dude knows. Don't sit next to Raf. And it, but it but it is a, a fine line. But when you've done it, you know you've got a great feeling about you are yourself and you can be yourself with that other person. And the people like you, you two idiots, my wife and you know other key friends, when you've got that authenticity with them. It's a beautiful, beautiful space. Like I had, a, I had a phone call the other night with an old army mate. And when, when I'm talking old army mate, we're talking a long time ago now. You know, like we, we joined up like 28 years ago. And I haven't, haven't been with this guy for 10 years. And he just messaged me out of the blue about Ukraine. And he's a 50-year-old plumber. And he's like, this is not right. What's happening there? And we ended up talking. And we, when we got the video chat going, we just sat there laughing before anyone said anything for like two minutes, two minutes of just laughter, looking at each other. And we're both new. We're just thinking about all these stupid times and things we've done together. And it's like, that's a person I've got hundred percent authenticity with. Like he knows me down on my bones and I'm the same with him. And, you know, he's still hanging around. So therefore I must be okay. And there's a, a sense of freedom in that space. It's a wonderful thing. And you cherish those people, right? Yeah. And that's a, that's a perfect example, Malin. I mean, the authenticity, like, you know you're authentic with that person when the demeanor doesn't change. If you run into them Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or what are like 10 years down the road, right? Like, it's not like, you know, it's going to change the minute you walk out the room. Uh, like, it's like, I'm being icy. Then suddenly I'm like, oh, F that dude. It, I mean, that's, that's how you know it's authentic because the feeling is always mutual and it's usually hopefully positive. <laughs> I was really lucky in my first, I think I mentioned this before, but my first ever date with Cherry, she, uh, I just met her and we were like, let's hang out this weekend. And it happened to be Easter and I'd sort of double booked. And I was like, oh, I'm, you know, message her a couple of days later. My brother's coming over from Melbourne, my gigantic younger brother, Hugh. And we're going to be hanging out. And she thought I was cancelling. I was like, no, 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 I'm not, not cancelling. It's just, you know, I committed to my brother coming over for like a month. I haven't seen him for ages. And can we just hang out together? And so she got... <laughs> Her first ever date was not one, but two McFadden boys. And she later on was like, she really saw me on that first date without that first date fakeness. You know, that totally inauthentic. I am a wonderful human being and I often wear a monocle and a top hat. You know? 
Yeah, she saw me like singing badly to a song on the radio with my brother and all that stuff, you know, and it's like a sense of relief later to be like, oh, thank God, you know, I wasn't like bullshitting from the very beginning, <laughs> uh, which young men often do. So you can get some freedom to maneuver when you've got this authenticity, right? Like you can be le fully legit and, and the other people have got you like, they know you down to your bones and uh, they're, they're beautiful relationships. But it takes something to get there. You know, like you have had to share yourself and you've had to be there for these other people. And uh, when those relationships carry on, they're the, the best thing in the world. And these things are worth, you know, more, more than money can buy to have relationships where you have full authenticity with that other person. So I think we've probably hit, tried to hit the high points here. They're, they're not easy conversations to have because there, there is some element where there's been bullshit in the space. And it's, there's no obligation on the other person. They're not going to be like right off into the sunset, you know, holding hands or whatever. It's going to be what it's going to be on the other side of it. And some of them are great and some of them are not. But in all cases afterwards, you've said your piece. You've said your piece. The other person, take it or leave it. They know you and, and you've been yourself. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Sometimes though, you've got to fortify yourself, write some notes, sit and have a coffee, you know, have a straight conversation with someone who loves you to get things clear in your head and then crack on. And sometimes it'll be the other person saying to you, you know, don't you like me, Raph? And you're like, no, dude, I fucking hate you. And that might... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm picturing you with like a hairnet on, you know, and like the full cholo, the flannelette done up at the neck. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but anyway, for, for people out there, I, like I'm certain everyone listening has had an example of a relationship where there is inauthenticity and then there's been a restoration of it or there hasn't. And we would love to hear how these things have gone for you guys. Um, please let us know. Not your average Paul, not your average Mike 77, not your average Raf at gmail.com. Chuck us a review. If there's any value in this, please share it out into your community. We don't take a dollar for any of this stuff. We just would love to have an increased ability to help people. And uh, in some way, we feel like these, these uh, conversations where we're, we really feel like we're authentic. Like these two guys are just the same in a private conversation or at 3 a.m. over a few beers as they are in these calls. So there's a level of authenticity here that I think resonates with people and we'd love to have an increased ability to help people out. So let us know. And until next week, maybe look for an area in your life where you can have one of these conversations. There's something that you've been stifled. You've not been yourself. And on the other side of it, there's going to be a new level of freedom, regardless of what the outcome is. So good luck. <laughs>